0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by
1: God's Word.
2: As I was worshiping, I was just reminded how in the Old Testament, often as people would encounter God, they would build an altar and they would name it. They would name it by the experience they had in the presence of God. So it could be God provider, God, Jehovah, our healer. And I just believe that every gathering like this, the church, it's an altar where we meet with God. And and I might say, because what else do we have? But like, what else could we possibly want? But to be gathered here in the presence Of Almighty God. So that when you and I leave, we'll mark this day by the experience of His presence in our heart. It could be an experience of peace, power, mercy, grace, healing, hope. The bottom line is we will not leave the way we came. Ezekiel, he instructed the people as they entered to worship if they entered by the north gate, They could not leave by the north gate, they had to leave by the south gate. They entered by the south gate, they had to leave by the north, the principle being, you can't leave the way you came. And I believe, go ahead, by the presence of God, we will not leave the way we came. Thank you, Jesus. When Solomon built the temple, one of the instructions that he was given was these two massive pillars that you would walk through as you came in. They were not support beams. They were simply there to establish culture, to establish a message. There were words on those beams. You would see them as you entered. They were written in Hebrew, so you would read it from right to left. And so you would see the word uh, strength, and then you would see the word established. So you were coming, let me turn my back to you for a moment, In to the house of God, where strength was established. Then when you left, you walked back through them. The words are also on the side of which you were exiting. But again, reading from right to left, you would read established strength. So you entered into the presence of God where strength is established because he is strength. And then when you leave that context, your strength is established. We're not gonna leave the way we came today. (laughs) I want what we have experienced today for every church. And I just wanna tell you, this doesn't happen everywhere. So steward this and cherish this and never take this for granted. Matter of fact, can we praise God for your church today? You are the church. I sense the connection when your pastors greeted you by way of that video. Uh, they, the magnitude of the gift they represent to the world is incredible. The gift they have been to my family is phenomenal. And to those of you who are new, you're our guests today. Make sure you come back. Because what God is doing here, doing through them, through this amazing team, it it, it's the activity of God. Would you join me in honoring your pastors today? Because they are a gift to all of us. The Holy Spirit is a leader. The Holy Spirit is a counselor. The Holy Spirit is a helper. And my prayer today has been, Holy Spirit, would you help me to help people? A core value in my life is to help people. Like, I want to add value. I want to make a difference. And so that's my heart today. And I want to draw your attention to John chapter 20. And I'm going to turn with you and let's experience what God's word says. It's coming on the screen at this time. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So this was the night of the resurrection. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where his nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. So the night that Jesus rose from the dead, he walks into this room, Thomas is not there. You know, when you miss church, it's always the best service, right? People are like, oh, you should have been there. So a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas, he came to church that day. He was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand, put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe." And Thomas said to him, "'My Lord and my God.'" It wasn't enough for Jesus to verify that he was alive again, just his presence. Why did he even keep the scars? And in this re-engineered, resurrected body, he could have easily been scar-free. But yet he kept those scars and even wanted Thomas to touch them. And even Thomas said, unless I see them. Like Thomas, there's Jesus. Isn't that enough? But he said, unless I see his scars, unless I touch them, then something will be missing. So Jesus, he he chose to keep the scars. And when he said to Thomas, look at these scars, he didn't show up in that room as a victim. He showed up in that room and those scars were a sign of what he had come through. It's as if to say, Thomas, no weapon formed against me was able to prosper. The weapon was formed, but it wasn't able to prosper. He didn't show up as a victim, but as an overcomer. He didn't show up as a victim. Those scars were a badge of honor of what the overcoming power of God can do in a person's life. You know, we either are going to have a victim mentality or a miracle memory. David said to Saul, the same God who gave me the lion and the bear will give this giant into my hands, the same God who will. Now, when you take on a lion, the lion's going to win. I don't care who you are, unless there is a deposit of the power of God so dramatic that it raises you to a self greater than yourself. And so David, as he's about to take on Goliath, says to King Saul, out of his memory of a God who had revealed himself in dramatic ways, said the same God, who will. See, you live long enough and you discover that life hurts. And we're going to be given an option. And it is to experience God in our pain and let the wound become a scar. A scar, it doesn't go away, but the pain goes away. The memory doesn't go away, but the memory is reframed not only from the pain, but how God met us in the pain and through a process brought us through to where we can say, look, and I'm not a victim. I could have been, but I'm not. I'm an overcomer. The weapon was formed against me but by the power of God, it didn't prosper. My soul is prospering. My life is prospering because of the goodness and the grace of God that met me in the lowest place. Life will hurt, and the old adage of time heals all wounds, that is not true. Matter of fact, if we don't allow God to help us I find that pain gets worse, that pain accumulates. We get stuck in a cycle. The devil works in cycles. God works in seasons. We are to process through seasons. And for everything, there is a season. But the longer I pastor, the more I'm pastoring people in cycles and not seasons. They're not moving through seasons. They are stuck in cycles. If you're stuck today by the power of God, we're going to see the cycle broken and you're going to transform. You're going to move forward. Give God a praise if you believe it. The the pain accumulates and it, it just gets worse. When my brother at age 41 died tragically, I realized even going to my platform, standing before my people every day, preaching through that pain. With like the voice of the enemy saying, do you even believe what you're saying? Do, Do you even have the faith to pray for others? Like, where was God? Why this? Why now? Why this and why you? All of the questions. And the enemy can seize on the pain and an infection sometimes It's not just the wound, it's the message in the pain. It could be untimely death, divorce, disaster, any other D word you can think of that creates this this narrative, this self-talk, that inner voice that just speaks to you constantly of what you've lost and what will never be and now it's, it's done, it's over, like how will you make it? And this toxicity creates and builds thoughts that turn into memories that get you stuck in a cycle. Is the mercy of God that was brand new at the start of this day strong enough to deal with the pain of the past? For 30 years as a pastor, if I were to give you the top three things that I see as challenges in the list would be an unreconciled past. It's the person who came to me even a couple of weeks ago and said, Pastor, will the pain ever stop? So today, I want to talk into that issue. And I ask the Holy Spirit to help me help you. For Isaiah said, and it's on the screen, for he is wounded for our transgressions. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Say the last part with me and by his strength. Say it again and let's praise him in advance that healing comes today. So, what do you do? Here's my first encouragement turn your pain to the presence of God. The reason I say that is because when, when I went through a tragedy, I wanted to turn away from God. That, in my heart, like I knew the right thing to do, but the pain was was challenging me, and I wanted to isolate. I had so many questions and a lot of confusion that isolation seemed very attractive. The idea of turning my paying to the presence of God was challenging because I had questions about where was God? We've all been there. And I want to tell you, God can handle your questions. God isn't worried. You're thinking them anyway. And so he understands. But I'm talking about uh, the magnitude of God's power today to where you reach a place you don't need an answer. Because if I got an answer, what difference would it make? But in pain, I want an answer. So if I I didn't turn my pain to the presence of God, I would not be turning to the one who could help me. If I don't turn my pain to the presence of God, I'm not turning to the one who can heal me. Turning my pain to the presence of God is turning my heart to the very personal love of God. There's healing, there's hope in the love of God. We know that God loves the world. We know that God loves everybody. But I want to tell you his love is personal. If you are the only one in this room, his love is about you. The reason I know that's true is because he knows your thoughts, your thoughts before you think them. Like he knows every day like a a page in a book. He knows the details of your life because he loves you as if you were the only one. My wife and I have been married for 30 years and I still remember our first date there on our university campus. I met her, we got, our, well, we met, didn't meet her and go on a date, hadn't met her before that. We were great friends, we go on this date and the process there was if you had a package delivered after the campus post office had closed, They would take it to this security office and send you a note to come by and pick up the package. She had received that note, and she said, on our way off campus, can we go by and pick this up? I said, sure. So when we get to the security office, I said, I'll go in and get it for you. So I got the claim ticket, went into the security office, and it was a dozen roses from another guy. (laughs) I thought I was the only one. You say, well, what'd you do? Well, the Holy Spirit inspired me and I just reached up and took the card right off of those roses, help a brother out. And I walked out of that security office. She lit up like a Christmas tree. She said, you did this? You cre- like you set this whole thing up? I said, absolutely I did. And if she watches this message, she's gonna find out those roses were not from me. Don't see the love of God as general or you'll miss it and you'll miss the power and the healing that is in the personal specific love of God. Often doctors in trying to treat a wound, they will choose to leave it open because their thought is if we leave it uncovered, it will heal faster. Within church, we can walk in and we can hide our pain behind a Sunday smile. How are you? Great. When you're broken and you're hurting and you're wondering how you're going to make it. And so I am am asking you today, if you will uncover the pain, it will heal faster. turning my pain to the presence of God, I am orienting my heart into the fellowship of his suffering. I believe Gethsemane, and this this part's not original with me. I learned this from a great spiritual leader, that Gethsemane is a great picture of how God helps us through pain. Never buy into the idea that you can't acknowledge your pain. You shouldn't confess it. I do know that words are powerful, but suppressing, ignoring is not a response in overcoming pain. When Jesus went into Gethsemane, he did not suppress. He was honest. Lord, could this cup pass? Nevertheless, your plan, your will be done. And he agonized even to the point of sweating great drops of blood. Hear this. Feel it. Heal it. Feel the pain. Weep. Weep until you you can't cry anymore. Ask some people like he did the disciples, would you wait with me? Ask people to support you, but the pastor can't fix you. The counselor cannot fix you. The coach can't fix you. You say, well, are you against them? No. Have a pastor, have a counselor, have a coach, but just know they can't fix you. But they can support you. The church is about locking arms with you and saying, we will weep with you. We'll walk the lowest valley with you we will stand with you, we will intercede for you, but there is only one who can heal you. Experience it, feel the impact. Life hurts, but God brings healing to the broken heart. Come on and give God praise if you believe that today. orient our heart to the fellowship of his suffering but it doesn't stop there also to the power of his resurrection the pain the agony the sleepless nights the racing mind that's Friday but Sunday is coming I say that metaphorically it may take more than three days It may take a few months to process through by the help of the Holy Spirit and the support of others. But I'm telling you, as sure as you orient your heart to the fellowship of his suffering, you will experience the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. I feel that right now. The power of his resurrection. When Jesus went to to raise Lazarus he said i am the resurrection and the life the word resurrection means the stand up and recovery inside of you as a believer is the holy spirit and the holy spirit is a spirit of stand up and recovery what does that say when i don't know how to get back up he will stand up and that's how i get back up i don't know how to recover he's the recovery And because he's in me, my soul begins to prosper again through the recovery, presence, and healing of the Holy Spirit. If you cut yourself, your body is designed. It'll rush to that area, and the physical body will begin to heal itself. The Holy Spirit in you will rush to those areas, those thoughts, those strongholds, and it'll start working and bring healing to your soul thank you Jesus the Holy Spirit is likened as empowerment in the Old Testament you'll see oil and that oil was was placed on the priest as an anointing an anointing for capability you and I by the words of Peter in the New Testament as believers are all part of a priesthood So that anointing is not just for a few. The Holy Spirit is not for a few, but for everyone. And so there is an anointing of capability. Let me explain. In the Old Testament, when the priest was anointed, it would start at the top, at the head, and the oil would flow down, and they were generous until literally the oil would would pool at the lowest place. So the greatest concentration of the anointing was at the lowest place. In the Old Testament, as the dew on Mount Hermon was there, where, where the word was about the anointing, that dew would run down. Ultimately, streams and rivers gathering, and you, you find the Dead Sea as the lowest place on earth. Like, And in the Dead Sea, even to this day, there's such a concentration. That if you dive in the Dead Sea, you can't submerge it. The concentration in the water lifts you up. It, It's—I tried it because I'd always heard it, but I just couldn't wrap my mind that you could dive in water, and it's like the water itself serves as a buoyancy, and immediately you surface. Here is what the Holy Spirit does. The greatest concentration of the anointing is at the lowest place. So that resurrection power begins to stand you up and create recovery in your soul. Can you praise God for that today? So you say, Pastor, I'm in the deep down dark. Pastor, I'm at the lowest place. Pastor, I'm hurting. Is there any hope? Yes. The greatest concentration of God's spirit is at the low place and he's gonna lift you up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because he lives, you will live also. Think about that. Early in in our pastoring, we would, around the Easter season, we'd have a cast of about 80 people from our church that would help present the Easter message. And so we would take people through uh, that holy week into the crucifixion. And to the best of our ability, we, we designed the sets right to that borrowed tomb. And dramatically as we could, Jesus would be placed in that stone would be rolled in place with that royal, that Roman imperial seal, as if to say, it's over. There's no hope. And to the best of our ability, we found the music and the setting to try to, to give honor to that moment when Jesus on Sunday rose from the dead. Now, back in that day, we didn't have MP3. We had cassettes. Does anybody remember cassettes? Those of you who don't, ask mom and dad, they'll tell you later. And in our cassette deck, uh, it had a button where you could go from side A to side B. You you didn't have to take the tape out and flip it. You just push the button. The music that we chose for the resurrection was awesome. However, every other song on the cassette was a secular song. Yep, you got an idea of where this might be going. And so the setting is right. Uh, Jesus is in the tomb. Now, uh, at at the right moment, that stone's going to roll away. There's this billowing smoke coming out, brilliant light, the song, and Jesus steps out alive again. Well, when the moment came and the stone rolls away, sound man, thinking he's hitting play, hit the button that flipped the cassette from side A to side B, not hearing anything, He looks down and pushes play, and Jesus rises from the dead to the song, White Limousine. (laughs) So just wrap your mind around this. There's Jesus. You know, you've been there. His hands are up in his resurrected glory, and the song, White Limousine, is playing. And when you lead a production like this, you say, there could be something that goes sideways. Stay in character. We'll get it right. But this song just kept playing and kept playing and kept playing. And finally, it's like I'm sitting on the front row as you are, and Jesus' hands are up and he's looking at me like, like, what? what should I? And I'm like, stay with it, surely. Dear God, let this change. And finally, Jesus, he just lowers his hands, turns around and walks back in the tomb. I'm telling you, I used to be 6'2". <laughs> this is what it's done to me right here. We had these headsets where we could talk to the different people behind stage. and I reached for my headset and when I put it on, I heard one of the directors going, can anybody find Jesus? Here's what I see when I'm looking into the face of someone hurting and their eyes are filled with pain. It's the, is he really alive? Is he really? Has he gone back in the tomb? Can anybody find Jesus? And I want to tell you today, he's alive. And because he lives, you turn your pain the presence of God and you not only orient your heart to the fellowship of his suffering but to the power of his resurrection and healing will come to your heart and then I want to ask you to do this surrender your scars to the ministry Isaiah said by his stripes we are healed but probably by your stripes, somebody's going to be healed. That's the only way they'll see Jesus. There's nothing more powerful, more profound than a wounded healer. Someone who's been there. Someone who's walked the road and said, I found Christ in the middle of my pain. I think of everything I've said, praying for you, what I'm about to say is what I've looked forward to the most. Isaiah prophesied this, and he said, In that in the time that the Lord heals the wound, it's like night will become day, and day will be seven times brighter. So, what he's saying is, you're not going to be helped by God so that you just survive. The healing of God is so thorough that. He's like, how can I express the healing of God? It's, it's as, as dramatic as night becoming day, but wait, that's not all. It's like a bright sunny day, but seven times brighter. And some of you are like, that's what I want. I'm, I'm here as an example and by the word of the Lord to tell you that the wound becomes a scar to where you're not a victim, but a victor. And you can say, God has helped me. Night became day. Day became seven times brighter. And what he did for me, he'll do for you. And by your stripes, someone else is healed. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place because the Holy Spirit is a helper. I didn't come really to preach, I came to reach. I feel like that's what the Holy Spirit's doing today. He's reaching for someone who's given up on the idea of life changing. You don't think it will ever change and it will by the power of God. Let me just minister. I'm just in territory now where I'm asking, we're just inspired to my heart, and what I, what I feel inspired is I'm, I'm thinking about David when he said to King Saul, "Look, thank you for offering your armor, but this won't work for me." You know that King Saul had been rejected, so I want you to see, David, here's a guy whose dad didn't bring him in to be considered as the next king. That's rejection, like. Samuel came to anoint the next king, and and all of the sons were lined up except David. Can you imagine? Some of you can, because you, you've experienced rejection. And so when you find David fighting Goliath, he doesn't show up as a victim. He doesn't show up and talk out of his heart as someone who's dealing with rejection. And then when Saul says, hey, take my armor, Saul had been rejected. And David, once again, throws off that which had been rejected. And I feel like there's someone here, you're you're dealing with such rejection. And you've been throwing it off. But you're at this this transition, and it's like, throw it off again. That's a word to somebody just as David said, I can't use this armor. This has been rejected. Whatever it is trying to clothe your thoughts that creates rejection, deal with it today. Would you stand with me, everybody? As the worship team joins me, we're gonna come right into the course of how beautiful. And if today you need your heart to have the ministry of the holy spirit i'm going to ask you to come as they sing and i want to pray over you and i want to believe god for healing so i'm going to pray when i say amen they'll begin to sing about the mercy of god that wants to rush through you and if you want that today i want you to come it could be your first time here we're just going to pray together so lord do a work a mighty work in jesus name amen come if you need that healing as they sing Let's praise God for these people who are going to find healing today, come on.
1: That's it, just
2: come today. Spirit wants to break a cycle so that they can process through. So just begin to lift your voices in intercession over everybody. Lord God, I pray for these men and women that have responded. We're crying out to you, God. We're crying out to you. Let your mercy rush through our souls. for grace we orient our heart to you the fellowship of your suffering and the power of your resurrection That's it, just break before God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. I wanna I wanna minister this this word to you today. I feel this in my heart right now. You know, the first miracle that Jesus ever did was turning water into wine. You know, they were at a, they were at a celebration and things changed. And so Jesus told them to fill those water pots and they filled them with water. And then he turned it into wine. They took it to the master of the ceremony and the master of the ceremony said, why have you saved the best for last? So that is saying in this first miracle for that wine to be the best wine. Naturally, you're talking about seven to 20 years and Jesus accelerated it in a moment. So there are two things. We get full of pain, just like those water pots were full of water and those water pots represented man. And we're not empty, we're full, we just need a new full. We've been full of pain, we need to be full of life. So I believe the Holy Spirit wants to give you a new full today and then it, it will be a process, but I believe the Holy Spirit is saying that he'll accelerate the process. And, and what is in front of you is the best. The best is yet to come. In God, the best is always yet to come. So let God accelerate. So Lord, we receive that today. We've been full of anger, full of stress, full of bitterness, and we pray for a new full. And God, we pray that you accelerate the process because you're able and move us forward dramatically, supernaturally, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said Can we give the Lord the best praise of the day? Amen.
0: Hallelujah. You know what? Can we put our hands together in honoring Pastor Ron? Hallelujah. You know, before before we move from this place, I feel like there's one more thing that we should pray for. I want you to grab the hand of the person next to you. Maybe you didn't come to the altar, but there's things in your spirit, there's things in your heart, and you keep telling yourself, yeah, it's done, it's done, it's done, but it's still producing bad fruit in your life. I just feel like God wants to just take a minute. We've, we've got a couple moments here. I just feel like God wants to just take a minute and just reach deeper and pull things out. Come on, just close your eyes. Before you even pray, just look to look to the presence of God. When you come into the presence of God, you find all that God offers. We bring our pain to you, Father. Jesus, to the right and to the left, we pray for deep healing. I pray, oh God, Lord, for those cycles that were mentioned, oh God. Lord, those places that are not producing good fruit, maybe it's frustration or anger. Maybe there's still things that we just can't talk about it. God, if we can't talk about it, then it's not finished. God, I just pray, oh, Lord, that those things, oh, God, Lord, that have been a burden, those things that have been damaged to our spirits and souls, that they would turn and that they would begin to be a ministry, oh God. Lord, that you would take us to such a place of healing that we are able to take, oh God, our scars and allow someone else to believe because they see what has happened to us, but we are now alive. I pray in the name of Jesus that you, oh God, would begin to do a deep healing. I pray, oh God, Lord, if there's lies that have covered over pain and that we've told ourselves, oh God, Lord, that there's that we're not gonna deal with that anymore and we're just gonna forget that it ever happened, I pray, oh God, Lord, that we wouldn't need to do that because your healing is so deep and it's so rich, oh God. Lord, that things that happened years ago, oh God, Lord, that we've tried to forget about, oh God, Lord, you can make, oh God, Lord, done and done forever oh god you can heal it oh god lord so that it turns oh god from a source of pain to a source of healing oh god so lord we just pray right now oh God, lord that you would go to the deepest places of every heart here and that you would restore oh god would you bring joy to the sorrow oh god Lord, would you bring joy to the sorrow. Would you bring new hope and new faith, oh God. Even to those of us, oh God. Lord, who we've processed through this, oh God. But Lord, you're bringing us from glory to glory, oh God. We pray, oh God, for a new fruitfulness to flow from every life in this place, oh God. We pray, oh God, Lord, that you would begin to receive the glory from our pain. And as we enter into the fellowship of your suffering, oh God, Lord, bring us into resurrection power. We love you. We honor you, oh God. And we thank you for your healing that's flowing right now. You know, let's just sing this song one more time. And I just want us to sing this over our own hearts. God's love is here. God's love is a healing agent. Come on, just lift up your hands to heaven.
1: Hallelujah,
0: Beside streams of still water, you restore our souls. believe right now you're pulling things out oh god you're pulling things out oh god things that we were afraid to deal with because of the pain oh god you're pulling it out oh god we thank you jesus god we thank you for your mercy oh god that flows through us we thank you that for the access that we have to the presence of god that is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, every minute of every hour and every second of every minute, oh God, we have full access into your throne room. So God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your presence that touches and heals. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, can we give God, can we give God our praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I encourage you with one thing as we go? This sermon was so powerful. I want to encourage you, whenever you need the presence of God, go there. In the presence of God, we find our healing. I want to encourage you in the workplace, in your kitchen, at your house, in the middle of the night, early in the morning, late in the day. It does not matter when you need the presence of God, which is always, by the way. Go to the presence of God, especially for that healing that you need. I want to encourage you. Make this a habit. Continue to go there until you have found the freedom that God has promised. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Listen, get out of your seat. Give somebody a hug. We'll see you on Tuesday night. God bless you and we love you.